Welcome to the Good Shepherd New York podcast. Good Shepherd New York is a community helping New Yorkers embody the love of Christ for the good of our neighbors. For more information, go to goodshepherdnewyork.com. May you be filled with curiosity, grace, and peace as we listen and learn together through this sacred text. And now a reading from John 3, 1 through 17. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hello, Good Shepherd. It's so great to be with you. My name is Sean Palmer, and I'm the teaching pastor at Ecclesia Houston in Houston, Texas. And it is my honor to be able to come to you and just open the word of God for a little while together. You know, I don't know what your week has been like, but for me, I've spent a lot of this week reflecting on the murder of George Floyd. It's been one year since George Floyd was murdered. And that murder, that's not just me saying it, was codified by a jury saying that he was, in plain view, in broad daylight, murdered. And in the aftermath of all of that, there are so many protests and so many conversations from people all over the world. I received calls and messages from folks who had listened to me, particularly my, my white Christian friends who had listened to me talk for 20 plus years, 30 years, about just the general unjust treatment of black men and women in our country. And they came to me to apologize for not believing, not believing the things that I had shared with them, the things that other friends of color of theirs shared with them. It's been one year since we all watched that horrible video for nine minutes. And George Floyd, his story, 
is unique in the fact that it resulted in murder, but it's not unique to the general mistreatment that so many people of color in America and the truth be told around the world experience. And so much of that has been walked across and marginalized, ignored um, by so many people who call themselves followers of Jesus. And I guess that hit me last year in a particular way because on February 9th, just a few months before we all saw this video, I had this encounter right here in my home, right where I am. It was February 9th and about 2.30 in the morning. My home security system, our alarm went off and I was out cold. I didn't hear it at all. Nobody in my house heard it at all. And I didn't also hear my telephone sitting right next to me on the nightstand. I didn't hear that go off. And it was ADT, it was our security company calling to tell me that our alarm was going off. And so what happens is when the alarm goes off, you know this, you've probably experienced this, the company calls you to see if everything's okay. And if you don't answer, if you don't give the right password, they send the police. Well, I heard the phone on its last ring and I picked it up and all in all, it was too late. I tried to call back, but I couldn't get anybody. And then about 20 minutes later, I saw a flashlight wandering around my backyard just out there. And I expected this. I actually stayed up because I knew the police were going to come. There was no way for me to stop them from coming. And then a couple of minutes later, I saw that flashlight at my front door and there was a knock on my front door. So I turned all of the lights on downstairs in our home. And by our front door, there's this a side light where I can see out and whoever's at the front door can see in. And so I saw the police officer with all the downstairs lights on. I had my phone in my hand because I've been calling the security company. And I put my phone down. I showed him that it was a phone. I put it down because it had just been a few months before this incident that a Tatiana Jefferson was shot by a police officer in her own home. And this is one of the things you might need to know about my neighborhood. In my neighborhood, um, there are no white people in my neighborhood, except my wife. She's the only one who lives here. Well, she was the only one who lived there, lived here then. We've, we've added some more. It's become more diverse that way. And so I put down my phone and I waved to the officer, walked slowly to the door and opened the door. And he asked me, if I were, was the homeowner. Well, that seemed like a perfectly legitimate question, but I didn't think at the time that there were many robbers who broke into homes wearing San Antonio Spurs pajamas, but you never know. So I just went along with it and he asked me if I could show him my ID. And I was just right over there at that door. And I went and got my ID and gave it to the officer. And by that time, my wife, Rochelle, had gotten out of bed and she was standing about eight feet behind me. And the officer looked past me and asked, ma'am, are you okay? She said that she was. And the officer looked back down at my ID and asked me, said, sir, do you have any warrants out for you? 
And I thought, just hold up for one minute because this is my house. The address that you came to matches the address on the ID and my face matches the face that's on the ID. And now you're standing out here in front of me asking if I have any warrants out for me. You're, you're trying to see if I've committed any crimes. Like you came here and there wasn't a robbery. And so you're just going to look for one. And then he looked past me again and looked at my wife standing behind me. And he says, ma'am, you can go to bed. Why are you asking me who I've just proven that I live here and own this house if I have any warrants, but you're telling her who hasn't proven anything that she can go to bed. Like we're, we're, we're both in our pajamas. It's 2.30 in the morning. How do you know that she's not breaking into my house? You didn't ask for her ID. And then he says, sir, do you know that you have to register your alarm with the city? Now, this is a question that I have never heard before in my life. I never knew that we've had alarms for 25 years in our house. I've never heard this in my life. Turns out that it's true. It just wasn't known to me. And then he says, you realize I could give you a citation right now. So you come to my house and I'm grateful for that. There could have been a burglar here. Someone could have been in a situation where we really needed the police. But now you're asking me if I've got warrants out for me and you're threatening me with a citation because you got here and it's a slow night and you couldn't actually find a crime. Well, I don't know about you. You're probably like me. I know lots of people who are in law enforcement. Some of my aunts and some of my uncles are in law enforcement. So I got online the next day and I just asked, did anyone ever have an experience like this? Is this standard operating procedure for the police? And all of my aunts and all of my uncles who I called personally and everybody that I know, people at our church who are in law enforcement, they all said, no. And that next Sunday, we were all gathered for church in our community and person after person after person who had read and responded to my posts came up to me, offering their sympathy and apologizing for what I had been through that Friday night, Saturday morning. And all I could say to them is that when you're me, this is what you come to expect. This is what lots of people who are like me, who look like me, have come to expect. And that story, when I tell it, makes a lot of people mad. Some are mad because they are predisposed to dislike law enforcement, and some are mad because they are predisposed to think that law enforcement gets a raw deal. And I'm not saying either. I'm just saying this is what happened. 
This is what happened to me in the suburbs, in a neighborhood that quite frankly only has big houses and luxury cars parked out front. And the sad reality of living in our time is that all of us, whether we admit it or not, have come to expect certain things from the world not based on who we are, but based on what we are. We are white, black, male, female, born in America or a foreigner or an immigrant. We are rich and poor, gay or straight. And somewhere along the line, the world decided it would be easier to know us if they could label us. And we all deal with the spillage of that kind of sloppy thinking. And perhaps even more sad is the fact that we have all decided that we have come to expect the world to receive us in particular ways, not because of who we are, but because of what we are, gay or straight or white or black, native or immigrant, rich or poor. And the truth is, some of us like it that way. But when you flip open the New Testament, what you find is that most of the stories in the New Testament are about difference. It's in all of the teachings of Jesus, virtually all of the letters of Paul, that God is creating a community of people, a community of people who know the differences between the differences that make a difference and the differences that don't make a difference. And one of those stories that we overlook when it comes to this is found in the Gospel of John in chapter 3. It's about a man named Nicodemus. And this is what John says, starting in John 3.1. He says, now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do the signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Okay, so the beginning of this story, this is not weird at all. People are coming to Jesus all the time. People are coming to Jesus to hear Jesus teach or to be healed or to see a healing. They want to see the miracle worker. They want to figure out what all of this is about. This is not odd at all. What is odd is that John wants us to know exactly who Nicodemus is and when and why he comes. Like there's a lot of detail right in those first few verses. There's a lot of detail about Nicodemus and when he comes. Nicodemus is mentioned by name and not everyone who comes to Jesus in the gospels is mentioned by name. John also wants us to know that Nicodemus is a Pharisee. John wants us to know that Nicodemus is a Jew, but not just any Jew, that he's a leader. And John wants us to know that Nicodemus comes at night. And here's what John does. 
he doesn't tell us why. He doesn't tell us why he wants us to know all of this. Think about it. What teaching of Jesus is dependent upon the time of day that Jesus gives it? Like this, this can't be incidental. Look, I'm a writer and a speaker and a speaking coach. And whenever I sit down with one of my speaking clients and we review a message that they've delivered someplace, the first question I ask them every time, no matter what, the first question, what were you trying to do? Because if I don't know what you were trying to do, I can't tell you whether or not you did it. John, what are you trying to do? Why all the detail? Why do we need to know this? Nicodemus is a Jewish leader who comes at night under the cover of darkness where no one can see. And then Nicodemus says this to Jesus. He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. Well, we know that you know that he's a teacher because you just cited rabbi. He just basically said, teacher, we know that you're a teacher. Teacher, we, are, we know that you are a teacher, but what kind of teacher? The teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Now, here's the weird thing. So what? Like, just imagine for a moment that you're walking down the street and you meet Meryl Streep or you meet Tom Cruise and then you were to say to them, hey, like we know that you're an actor. Okay, like imagine you meet Tom Hanks and you say, hey, we know that you're an actor and you clearly have a gift from God. Well, why say that? I mean, it's nice, it's encouraging, but you, you, you came to Jesus at night? To say this, the, the message actually has no content besides encouragement. What's going on? Why would you say that? And then Jesus responds, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above, which is a lot more than I would have said. Like if somebody came to me and they said, we know you're a teacher. We know that you're from God. We've seen you do some cool stuff. You know what I would say? I would say, thanks. It's late. It's time for me to go to bed. But Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. What does this have to do with anything? Like Nicodemus has asked no question. Like there has been no query. There's no topic. Jesus just launches into this thing about the kingdom of God. Have you, have you ever, maybe you've had this experience. Have you ever watched a political debate and the moderator has spent a lot of time carefully crafting a question that's really important to the people that this candidate is asking to vote for her or asking to vote for him. And then the candidate just launches in to this thing that doesn't have anything to do with the question 
that was just asked? Well, that's Jesus here. Nobody has actually asked about the kingdom of God or being born from anything. And I just imagine Nicodemus's face just kind of being like, oh, okay, sure, sounds good. But listen to what Nicodemus says. Nicodemus says to Jesus, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into mother's womb and be born? And then the shoe drops. Now we see what all this is all about. There has been one word used three times and it has nothing to do with anything that Nicodemus has come to see Jesus about. And that word is born. Jesus wants to introduce a new topic for Nicodemus and for us, and it's something that nobody wants to talk about. It's born. How were you born? Well, Nicodemus, Nicodemus knows how he was born. He was born a Jew. He was born the kind of Jew that was educated and elevated. He's a Pharisee. He becomes a leader in the community. He has a position in the world because of the way he was born. And the reason that we know that he knows he was born is because he comes to Jesus at night. He comes to Jesus at night when no Pharisee can see him and no leader would go see Jesus because he knows how it would look to go in the daylight because he knows how he was born. You ever, you ever know somebody who said that the way they were born didn't come with certain advantages and benefits yet everything they do reflects that they know that the way that they were born actually does come with certain advantages and benefits. Nicodemus knows how he was born. Jesus knows that Nicodemus knows how Nicodemus was born. That's why Jesus brings up what he knows that Nicodemus knows about how Nicodemus was born. Remember, nobody asked. Nicodemus didn't ask. Because the last thing that people who were born with all of the advantages want to talk about is being born with all of the advantages. Jesus says, just out of the blue, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Then he goes on. Jesus answered, very truly, 
I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, Jesus. Nicodemus is a Jew. And when you're a Jew, that's all you need to know about the kingdom of God. Remember that promise made to Abraham back in Genesis 12? Birthright is the secret handshake. It's the password. What do you mean? What is born of the flesh is flesh. Well, this is what Jesus means. All the pecking order, who's up, who's down, all of that that you care about, that we care about, all the differences that don't make a difference. Jesus says, I don't care about that. I don't care about the way that you were born, even though I know you care about the way that you were born. And because of the way that so many of us were born, we have come to expect the world to treat us in certain ways. And that expectation is not of the kingdom. It's not from above. Whether you expect preferential and privileged treatment or to be questioned at the door of your own home. You're white, you're black. You've come to expect the world to treat you in a certain way because of the way that you were born. And Jesus says, don't be astonished that in the kingdom, it doesn't work that way. You're male, you're female, you're born in America, you're an immigrant, you're a foreigner, you're gay, you're straight. I know that the world expects to treat you a certain way and that you have come to expect to be treated in a certain way. Don't be astonished. It doesn't work that way here. If you are a part of God's great redemption project in the world. It doesn't work that way with you. And then Jesus drops this 1.2 megaton bomb right in the middle of their conversation. And you've heard it so many times that it's lost its flavor. It's lost its intensity. It's lost its grittiness. It's lost its explosiveness. It's, it's become a platitude and a bumper sticker and things that people hold up in the end zone at football games. It's become a punchline. But when you know what it's talking about, it'll change your world. Because then Jesus says in verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life life. Hoitos gar 
Agapacin Hosteos Tone Cosmo. For God so loved the world. Everything and everybody is soaked in the love of God. Desmond Tutu says that the love of God is like a fire in winter. You're just there in front of the fire. You don't have to be smart or anything. The fire warms you. Now here's our problem. We don't really like the idea of God loving the cosmos. We like it in theory, but we would really much prefer the idea of God loving the people that we love, which basically boils down to people who look like us, talk like us, think like us, are educated like us, vote like us, see the world that we see it. That's who God should love. And God should condemn all the people that we condemn. And we think that not, not because we're bad people, but because we know if God loves the world, if God loves the cosmos, then we have to love the cosmos too. And that means if I'm a racist or xenophobic or sexist or a misogynist or a nationalist, if I want the kind of world where some people are here and other people are here, this is not the God for me. Because God is not interested in the way that you were born and what you've come to expect from the world because of the way that you were born. And the kingdom of God is occupied by men and women who are born from above. We want to tell the world to get right which means to become more like us. So Jesus has to take it one step farther in verse 17. He says, indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Guess what, Nicodemus? Poitos gar agapasin hotheos. Home, cosmos, for God so loved the world. And here's what I want you to know, good shepherd. God is interested in saving, not condemning. And that we are called to be a part of God's endeavor, God's project of saving. So what would it look like for you to join in the project of saving, to saving those who are suffering from racial injustice and saving the perpetrators of racial injustice, saving those who have been victims of sexual abuse and breaking 
the satanic hold in the hearts and minds of, satan of sexual abusers? What would it look like to save the poor and the rich? What would it look like for you to join God in saving the native and the immigrant? All of it. Wherever life touches you, God is calling you to discover what you might have discovered at night, to call it into the day and saving others to join God in God's saving project, not out of power or control or wealth or security or to reach your national aims of flourishing, but joining Jesus and loving the world, all of it, regardless of how people Creator God, be with us as we join your mission to save and redeem through the power of Jesus Christ. And we ask this in your name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Good Shepherd New York podcast. Good Shepherd New York is an interdenominational church centered around the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Our church is theologically rooted in the Apostles and Nicene creeds, but we welcome people of any or no religious backgrounds to participate in our community. If you would like to support us, please text Good Shepherd NY, all lowercase with no spaces, to 77977. That's Good Shepherd NY to 77977. Or visit our website, goodshepherdnewyork.com. Thank you for listening.